used to subscribe to the notion that um, digging the tunnel with a teaspoon um, was good because I used to equate hard work with my own personal value. And I think that that's where this cultural lie and lore um, tends to snag a lot of us because we are preconditioned to believe, okay, I have to prove my worth. I have to prove my value. Now, I know that your listeners are going to be wanting to run for the hills when they hear me say things like everyone is an artist um, doing things that bring you alive is your path to getting everything that you want to have happen in your life. This is the Angel Next Door podcast, where we will talk about all things angel investing, what it is, who does it, how do we find them, what does it mean to invest in an early stage company? If you have ever wondered how you can affect the change you want to see in the world, then tune in to learn more. In today's episode, I'm talking to my new friend and fellow author, Susie DeVille, joining me to discuss the keys to success for entrepreneurs in uncertain times. Building a company can be incredibly challenging, especially during something like COVID. But Susie is here to share her expertise on how entrepreneurs can develop a higher tolerance for uncertainty, make bold decisions, and foster self-trust. This episode is not only for entrepreneurs, but also for the angels who work with them, and really anybody looking for motivation and inspiration. With her diverse background, Susie brings a unique perspective, and you can find even more juicy details than in this episode in her book called Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative, and Free. Susie emphasizes the importance of debunking the myth that hard work alone leads to success. Instead, she believes that tapping into our innate creativity is the key to thriving in the marketplace. Join us as we explore how creativity can transform your entrepreneurial journey and learn valuable strategies to overcome imposter syndrome, embrace playfulness, and find inspiration in every aspect of your life. Get ready to be motivated, empowered, and captivated by our insightful conversation. Enjoy the show. Well, hi, Susie. Welcome to the show. Hello. I am so delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, Susie, I am so excited for today's episode. You know, building a company is a tough job under the best of circumstances. And during COVID, so many entrepreneurs, they struggled financially, mentally, emotionally. So this episode is for both entrepreneurs and the angels who work with entrepreneurs, but really it's for anyone. So we're going to talk about how entrepreneurs can have a higher tolerance for uncertainty, build the musculature for making bold decisions, and foster more self-trust, which in turn will magnetize your marketing, drive higher customer engagement, and foster sales success. So Susie, why don't we start by having you tell the listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So um, I grew up in a very small town in the mountains of Western North Carolina called Highlands, which is where I live now. And um, I have a background in um, anthropology and I have a master's in entrepreneurship. I have a work background in academic publishing, nonprofit leadership, real estate and real estate investing and business coaching, entrepreneur coaching. And I have been um, studying innovation and creativity since 2005, finally put all of my experience with my own personal 
heroine's journey and trek through the fires of hell and my um, research and my work with clients. And I put all of that into a book, which was published last year. And it's called Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative and Free. I love that. Okay, so let's dive into this. What is it that can make entrepreneurs wildly successful and free? Well, the first thing that I think is worth pointing out is that the prevalent advice that entrepreneurs and creators are given is broken. And it generally is based upon some sort of formula of how to hack your way to peak performance or to success through doing more, uh, you know, getting more things done through more discipline, through more hard work, whipping yourselves forward, uh, burning the boats. <laughs> so you can sleep when you're dead, all of those things. Right. And, you know, I will say that you can absolutely dig a tunnel with a teaspoon. It is possible. It's not the preferred way of doing it. And I can tell you, I used to subscribe to the notion that digging the tunnel with a teaspoon um, was good because I used to equate hard work with my own personal value. And I think that that's where this cultural lie and lore tends to snag a lot of us because we are preconditioned to believe, okay, I have to prove my worth. I have to prove my value. I have to prove that I deserve to take up space and oxygen here on this planet. And so there's a very sort of seeming allure and sexiness to working harder, getting that next certification, getting that next evidence that I have um, some sort of level of expertise. When my life completely fell apart after the markets crashed in 2008, I realized that my way of moving in the world was not going to work anymore. And it was really, you know, divine intervention, frankly, because I would have continued on that path and I would have never discovered this beautiful blend between success and freedom and having agency, which is based upon um, connecting to one's innate creativity. Now, I know that your listeners are going to be wanting to run for the hills when they hear me say things like everyone is an artist doing things that bring you alive is your path to getting everything that you want to have happen in your life, that you are innately a creative being and that tapping into it is something that is easy to do and very fun and rewarding. Um, and that you can um, restructure how you approach your work and you can restructure how you approach your life in a way that completely connects you back to who you truly are. And that is what magnetizes you to the marketplace. And that is what gives you the courage and the willingness to take bold action and to tolerate uncertainty, which we entrepreneurs deal with on a daily, hourly, sometimes minute um, by minute basis. I could not agree more. Wow, that was a lot. So let's go back and talk a little bit more um, about these details. I love this idea of you can't dig a tunnel with a teaspoon. I mean, our entrepreneurs so often are trying so hard to do things and be what we call scrappy. We're always like, oh, no, mm -hmm. you have to be able to, you know, basically make 
you know, $10,000 out of a dime and worth of things. And so how do they, how do they do that? So they just keep working harder and harder and harder, and they aren't necessarily getting success or seeing success. So I, I can totally see how you're putting this together toward creativity, but can you give us kind of an example of how creativity could play into that? Oh, absolutely. So let's start first with where people tend to be. And you mentioned imposter syndrome right out of the gate. And let's talk about what tends to hang out with imposter syndrome and why it's so destructive. So this belief that I'm not enough or that my um, work is not going to be good enough sort of follows us around like, the little rain cloud that followed Charlie Brown, right? So it's with us all the time. When we have a belief like that, our brain will look for evidence that that thought is true. So if I'm believing I'm not enough, my work's not enough. The first example that I get when I start my day, that that's true, my brain is going to go, whoop, there it is, more evidence that I'm, I'm, I'm an imposter. This is going to throw me into a mode of, as you said, trying to work hard, trying to effort my way out of this chasm that I'm in. But it also makes us very pessimistic and very sort of controlling slash perfectionistic. And, and we're so paralyzed by this sense of self-judgment and the judgment, potential judgment from others that we can just get completely stuck or blocked. Then we try to overachieve our way out of this burnout state that we're in. And that was what my first instinct was when my life imploded in you know, the middle of 2008 um, to the end of that year. That was my first instinct. I'm just going to work my tail off to get out of this mess. And then I just sort of collapsed from exhaustion and importantly, I was completely disconnected from the creative, problem-solving, juicy part of my brain because it had completely shut down through anxiety, through this being blocked and stuck, and this sort of gerbil wheel of thinking that I was on. So what I propose to help solve this, pull somebody off of this emotional um, mental gurney is to first of all believe that success and freedom are absolutely possible. I mean, we have to have a willingness to believe that change is possible for us. And honestly, if you believe that, I can get you to exactly where you want to go. But if you won't start with a willingness and also this kind of um, suspended, um, sense of suspended belief about what you think play means or what you think creativity means or what you think being an artist means. You have to kind of be willing and then also go, okay, I'm going to suspend judgment here and I'm going to try some things because once you try it, you see <laughs> how it completely starts to work on you like a fine grit spiritual sandpaper. So let's talk about what those specific elements are. First, 
you need to literally inspire yourself. And this is um, an idea that I got from Paulo Coelho, who, who wrote a bunch of books, but one of my favorites is The Alchemist. And he talks about inspiration from the perspective of literally breathing in things that bring you alive. So for me, that's beauty, being in nature, art, uh, world travel, being with uh, people I love, um, connecting um, with things that inspire me through poetry or music, breathing in those things first, because that gives you fuel for the next phase of the journey. Especially if you're very depleted and burned out and exhausted, there needs to be a period of rest and renewal and inspiration before you set out to go on this sort of creative rebels voyage. Once you've topped off your tank, then I suggest what I call the five M's to people. And those are morning pages, meditation, movement, moments of inspired learning, and making something. And again, let's let's suspend judgment here as I go through these, because I know everyone's going to have a preconceived notion about some of these. But Morning Pages is the brainchild of Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, which I highly recommend. And that's three pages of longhand writing every morning. And it's just dumping out the contents of your brain onto paper. It doesn't have to be prose, doesn't have to be punctuated, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's literally whatever is on your mind. And sometimes I write three pages about a dream I had, or three pages of trying to solve uh, a problem, or three pages of celebrating something, or just ranting and raving about something that I'm annoyed by. It's whatever is just sort of gunking up the bandwidth of your brain. Um, meditation does not have to be an hour, doesn't even need to be 20 minutes. You can have five minutes of quiet in a room with no special technique required and just sitting in and being quiet and in the dark and noticing your breath. It is enough to reset your central nervous system and return you kind of to this centered, calm place that feels like the home center of you. The next movement, um, any kind of movement that you enjoy doing is great. And it doesn't have to be hours in the gym or whatever. I love to take a morning walk or go hiking in the woods, but it's whatever you enjoy. And again, it can be, <laughs> huh? You dance around your house. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, even, you know, combining music with dance is fantastic because that is going to get actually two of your two of your M's because moments of inspired learning can absolutely be listening to music that you love. But just moving the body, connecting back to yourself physically. Moments of inspired learning can be music, listening to uh, poetry, reading something out of a book, a page out of a book that you find inspiring. And the last making something and that literally can be anything where you're moving your hands. You can doodle, color, sketch something, do collage, paint something. You can cook, 
do something with sewing or whatever, as long as you're moving your hands and you're doing it for about five to 10 minutes or so, that sends your brain into a completely different state. And you have access to what I call your creative back channels, this place where your ideas are born and they're not forced. They just seem to arrive like a beautiful package on your threshold. I have had some of the most incredible ideas when I have been painting something and just, just like there's a pipeline to the clearest and best thinking. It opens up your intuition. It opens up your imagination, your ideation. And most importantly, perhaps art making and making in general is the process of becoming yourself. So if you have kind of gotten off track, if you feel like you're in a period of transition or you've gone through something that was terribly disruptive to you emotionally or physically or financially, this is a beautiful way, again, just a few minutes a day to start to reconnect you back to your authentic self. And once you have alignment back to your true self and you are leveraging inspired action through doing the five M's, then everything starts to change. And it's a process that I've seen people take anywhere from a few weeks to a few months where their transformation is absolutely mind-blowing. And even though I've experienced it myself and I've taken hundreds of people through it, this just happened actually a couple of days ago. It's completely flooring to see how the power of doing these things literally changes the trajectory of how you think, how you feel, who you are inside your own skin, the opportunities that you start to attract the way that your brain works completely differently, all of a sudden we are giving ourselves access to our brain and we're able to manage our mind in a way that keeps us taking the next step, no matter how scary it is right. <laughs> and leveraging that tolerance for uncertainty into sort of the cherry on top, which is self-trust. And I like how you were talking about how it can magnetize things to you that you don't necessarily think would happen. So for example, I know a lot of entrepreneurs, they struggle because they're trying to fundraise. They're trying to, well, they're trying to build their business and they're trying to fundraise at the same time, which in a lot of cases can be two full-time jobs that they're trying to do. And they get very wrapped up in the hard work discipline thing that we've been talking about. And they're not necessarily attracting the right people to come into their life, even though they think they are, because they're doing all the things on the list. You know, they're making the network connections and they're writing the emails and they're, you know, connecting with people on LinkedIn or whatever they're trying to do. But just the idea of opening up your brain, like you're talking about and letting you know, thoughts flow freely, letting your creative side come out, that can really start to magnetize and attract the kind of people that you need in your business. 
1000%. And I'll tell you what's completely fascinating to me is that someone can be a brilliant presenter or a pitch master and can walk in the room in a designer outfit with their entire pitch deck on point and blinged out to the max. Right. (laughs) And they can completely turn off all of the potential investors in the room if their energy is out of whack. Yes. And what we don't understand, and I've experienced this firsthand, actually tell a story about this in the book. We don't understand typically that it's, it's not about the end result. Yes. Results are important. (laughs) Where the five M's and especially making something are so important is that it teaches us that it's the experience that we go through. It's this transformation that we experience in that five to 10 minutes that we do this or however long we're engaged. That is the point. It's the journey that we go on in that moment. It's not the sauce that we make or the dance that we do or the painting that we do. That's the point. Now, we may love all of those things. We may love all of the creations. But the real mystery and magic is in this thing that happens where our hands are moving, ideas are coming from our head down our shoulders through our arms to the paper and back up from the paper, traveling up through our arms and shoulders and back into our brains. And artist and author Linda Berry talks about this two-directional process when we're engaged. And so when we're really firing and passionate and we're completely aligned with what We are so desperate to get out into the world, the problems that we are so eager to solve. And you can sit in a room with someone and feel them before they even walk through the door. We know this person is alive with this mission, with this venture. And the graphs and the charts and the sales performance and all of that are great. But if I don't believe that founder, if I don't believe that team, I'm not going to invest. And if we are not connected to that part of ourselves, which is so passionate and alive in our essential nature, no one is going to connect with us. Not the right people, as you point out. Yeah. Wow. This is really fascinating. I know that you know, there are so many things that we talk about in angel investing world and entrepreneur world about, you know, what we can do to make pitch decks better and what we can do to, you know, help build the business and how do we get the marketing out and how do we get customer feedback and how do we make sure customers are engaged and that they're going to increase our revenues. But people aren't really talking about this as much as they should be. Well, and the thing is, is that, and this is where everyone's going to start throwing, you know, wads of paper at their computers or their sound system in their car or their house um, when they hear me say this, (laughs) but the, the real thing that's going to close a customer, first of all, the real thing is to attract the right customer and to attract the right investor. And you want those people to be 
as devoted and as compelled and to share your values and to share your passion to the same heights, because with that level of alignment and connection, there's no problem that can come your way that's going to knock you off your horse. It's so much easier to build revenue. It's actually almost effortless. And I'm going to, and I'm going to say that with, with quotes around it simply because yes, you have to suit up and work every day, but we don't work in the way that most people work. I'm a huge believer in taking lots of time off. I'm a huge believer in getting a ton of rest and to refueling your inspiration tank literally every single day. And those things that seem just gargantuan to us when we're in the shower, when we're overworked and burned out and we're in the shower and we're freaking out because the um, investments didn't come through or we don't have enough sales for this quarter or whatever it is that we're completely um, derailed by, we don't have access to how to bring them in the best channels. Most people who are enormously strategic will default to using that part of their brain, which is very important. I love my strategic mind. <laughs> it's very keen at being able to project paths forward. And the other part of us, those creative centers in our brain, when those are firing and we now are working with our whole brain, that right brain is going to, and I know that there's a lot of um, research that says not just the right brain, but just for sort of conversational sake, there's the part of the brain that we're using that lights up when we're doing things connected to creativity and to inspiration. And that's the part of us. It's almost like if you're trying to get a teenager out of bed in the morning and you start to cook bacon, <laughs> <laughs> you can go in and yell at them and throw flip-flops at them and beg them to get out of bed. But if you are just in the kitchen and you're cooking and you're not saying a word, that you're going to get them out of bed so fast. And this is the same kind of signal, and I'm being silly with it, but I want people to sort of get the metaphor when we're firing on all cylinders creatively that signal goes out into the marketplace and is so compelling and resonant. It's irresistible. You will have people asking you how they, they can support you. You will have customers who want to work with you. You will be a heck of a lot happier and healthier. And you will also have that elusive sense of freedom that we're all craving, that we're all after. And it's not defined by the things that we tend to define freedom by. It's how we feel this sort of lightness of being and a happiness that we might not have felt since we were a child. I love that. And you know, your message is so important. And I'm so glad that we were able to have you on the Angel Next Door podcast today. Thank you so much for coming. And we will make sure to put in the show notes all the links to how people can find your book and how they can get in touch with you and maybe even work with you. So thank you so much, Susie, for coming. 
Thank you. It has been a delight. I really appreciate the time. The Angel Next Door podcast is brought to you by the Angel Capital Association's Angel University. What is Angel University? Well, it's the place that you can go to learn all about angel investing and learn from professional angels. We have two tracks. One is the Angel Investing Basics, and we also have the Angel Investing Deeper Dive. As part of Angel Investing Basics, we cover the fundamentals of angel investing, risks in angel investing, a due diligence workshop, term sheet basics, evaluation workshop, and workshop on angel returns and portfolio strategy. As part of the deeper dive, you would also learn about advanced workshop on capitalization tables, startup boards workshop, and angel exit strategies. Lots and lots of great information at Angel University. So just go to the Angel Capital Association's website at angelcapitalassociation.org to learn more. The Angel Next Door podcast is informational and not intended to serve as legal, tax, accounting, or investing advice. Our speakers and hosts are thoughtfully selected for their educational value, but their opinions are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the Angel Capital Association, and the Angel Capital Association does not specifically endorse the use of presenters' products or services. Listeners of the podcast should consult their own tax, investing, legal, or accounting advisors before making important financial decisions. All warranties, including accuracy, completeness, and suitability for specific purpose, are disclaimed.